today. We are continuing in our Keep Fighting series. And I'm really excited about it because over the last couple weeks, you guys have gotten to hear from, uh, well, the testimony of one of our dearly beloved, our, our, our brother John Hanley, our brother in the faith who, who leads us up here in worship, who plays that bass back there. And, and he's been testifying to what God has done in his life, how God brought him from darkness to light to healing. And, uh, and we, we actually want to continue talking about John's testimony, but a, a more specific angle in John's testimony. We want to talk about how that season in his life profoundly impacted his marriage. And uh, we actually invited Chantel, the, the uh, more attractive of the two, into the conversation. And um, <laughs> can I say that about your wife? I'm Okay, I thought that would be okay. And so, yeah, and so uh, so what I did, I had the privilege and the honor, and I do really mean privilege and honor, uh, to sit down with John and Chantel for about an hour and explore their marriage in interview format, and we recorded it. And we were actually going to edit it down and kind of offer maybe a 10, 15-minute version, and we said this whole 35-minute segment right here is it needs to be heard. You guys need to hear it. And we just came back from a marriage getaway. They were there. Yeah, it was incredible. It was sweet, by the way. If you've never been to a Northwood Church marriage getaway, sit, put it on your calendar for next year. It's, it's worth being there. Um, but that being said, uh, you know, we, we, we have a heart for marriage. And we want to talk about what it looks like to fight for our marriages against those spiritual forces that are in this world that would love to tear us down and destroy our marriages. And, and so this conversation that you're going to hear in just a moment, um, that all locations are going to hear in just a moment, is based on fighting for our marriages. And, uh, and I just want to tell you, and you'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little spoiler alert, but, uh, man, they got to victory. They got to victory through Jesus. And you're going to hear that testimony. Yeah. You're going to hear that testimony as we play this video. So why don't you guys lean in and be encouraged. Let's have some fun. Well, good morning, Northwood Church. I am here hanging with the Henleys, and uh, you know I, I like that title. Well, let's call that. Let's call this show "Hanging with the Henleys" today. Say hey to everybody. Hey, hey. Hello. Come on, we're going to have a great conversation today. Um, as a matter of fact, Northwood Church just came back from our marriage getaway, and uh, and we we had a great time. And we're continuing in our series called Keep Fighting. And so today we want to have a conversation around the topic of marriage uh, through the lens of the fact that we should keep fighting for our marriages. And John and Chantel, if you know them, you know they've got an incredible story. Uh, actually, we've been listening to some of John's story throughout the entirety of this series, um, and it's been really special. But we want to expand on their story and talk to you about some of the things that they've walked through in their marriage, and we think you guys are going to be blessed by that. You, you guys, have, you've been to some marriage getaways mm. at Northwood Church, haven't you? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Have, you, have you had a little fun at those? Oh, yeah. Yeah, good time. <laughs> <laughs> we have a good time at those. And one of the ways that sometimes we start our conversations uh, is just trying to get to know one another at a marriage getaway. Hey, when were you married? So tell, tell us, how did you guys meet? When were you married? Give us a little overview on that. Initially, we met New Year's Eve, 2004 and uh i really didn't pay no mind to it for what the next couple months or so yeah i tried to make myself known yeah. and she ignored me yeah. <laughs> we were at we were at a prayer night and uh 
I like I just tried to put myself into her space and yeah. she really annoyed me. So I, I literally kept trying to insert myself into her circle. So um, I walked up to her one day after church and kind of shoulder checked her. Oh. Yeah, I just, just yeah. I mean, I was just trying to make myself known. Right. He got my attention then. I said, you started your relationship with fighting, and you want to keep fighting, right? I mean, it wasn't too bad. I was, you know, I was just, more like church flirting. Yeah, church flirting. Yeah, it was yeah. church flirting. So. Wow. So, so you guys obviously decided, hey, let's take this next step. When, yeah. when were you married? March 31st of 2006. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. So uh, right now you're sitting here on the couch. And you guys look pretty happy to me. Tell, tell me just a little bit about where your marriage is at today. Well, this is my best friend. Yeah. Wow. I I'd, love him. I'd rather spend time with her than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, it hasn't always been this way, has it? No. So you were married in 2006. Why don't you take us back to the beginning and help us understand a little bit about how you got to where you are today? After we got married, uh we started living together, of course, and then we found out we were pregnant, what, two months after we got married with Thad, and um, <laughs> I changed because hormones, but um, we didn't really know how to be married. We didn't know, honestly, we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, we did premarital counseling with Pastor Van, but um, I think you really don't know what you're doing until you... You're doing it, you know. And so we fought a lot. We argued a lot. I'm, I'm very stubborn. He's very stubborn. And um, it was like, I don't know, it was really bad. It was like fireworks all the time. Mm -hmm. And he had an anger problem, and he wanted to be right, even though I was some, I was right. No. Um, even though I – even though that, like – in the argument, maybe I was making valid points or maybe I was right. Um, it was my, the way I said things or the way that I came across. And so that made it where he felt disrespected. Mm -hmm. And then the way he would respond made me feel like he didn't really love me. We fought a lot like that. It was like every day. Yeah. It was a lot. And then, but we loved each other. We just didn't know how to be married. We didn't have very good examples to go off of. Um, our church started this uh, series called Love and Respect, and it was like a year-long commitment. And it was once a month, what is there, Friday night? We would go for a few hours, and we go through this book, Love and Respect, and then it ended with um, a banquet and then a marriage retreat. And I think that's when we first started them. And... Um, we really learned how to communicate with that book mm. and that series. And um, we started applying those things to our, our marriage, really. Mm. And it helped. We learned that we we're on the same team. We're not like, um, we're for each other. We're not against each other. And the, the way I was saying things and the way he was interpreting it was completely off. He, I don't think we really knew what was in our hearts at that time. Yeah, was she right, John? Yeah, well, was <laughs> she? We kind of learned how to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, you know, y'all to know that she's got my best interest in mind, right. and she loves me, not that she's against me and she's my enemy. Right. Because I, I think as people, we tend to think that maybe if somebody disagrees with us or has a different thought, that 
somebody's against us, but I, I, I realize she's not against me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm just really interpreting her wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, that's probably, that, that's probably been pivotal in our marriage is just realizing, Hey, this person loves me and has my best interest. You know, even if she says something that rubs me the wrong way, she's not saying that to tear me down. Absolutely. A lot of us need to remember that. So you're growing in your love for one another. You're learning to communicate. Right. Um, I mean, what what's happening? We're fighting less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we started fighting less. He's like, what did you say to me? You said, you, you did tell me after this that we needed to, we're going to fight till we get it right. You yeah. Know? What was that? Yeah, that's what I said because yeah. I wasn't gonna give up. Yeah, we were like, well, like do we get it right? We'll figure it out. Um, and and then um, so we started uh leading together in uh, ministry, children's ministry. We started working with uh, the assisting with baptisms and um, leading marriage or married couple small groups. Yeah, we actually led love and respect. Yeah, we did leave love well. and respect. It was really good. Yeah. Um, and then um, Labor Day 2013 is when everything just, like, took a turn for the worse for us. Okay. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, that was kind of what I talked about in my testimony, that yeah. horrific accident. Um, that It wasn't, you know, it wasn't initially bad. Right. It, it, it was, it kind of, things compiled on top of that and, Eventually, I got tired as yeah. far as fighting, and um, I guess the enemy got his claws in me, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, he was pretty um, angry. It was like you could see the anger. He started withdrawing from me and the children um, emotionally more so than anything. Like, he was present at times, but he wasn't there. Like, you could just tell. He'd rather be anywhere else but there with us. And um, and then you could just see, like at church, he was just filling a spot, like a like sitting in the in the seat. He was just filling that spot. He wasn't really getting anything from um what was being spoken. We did have some fights, but I think I more withdrew because I was scared. I didn't know what was really happening. Um, I could see he was he had some unforgiveness, some bitterness, anger. And he started de- getting depressed, hmm. and so I was like, I don't, I didn't know what to do. So really. you go from a season of, you know, communicating well, mm-hmm. even flourishing in your faith, being used by God, to now experiencing a lot of maybe frustration, pain that mm-hmm. you're, you know, experiencing between one another, and then watching your husband go through such a crisis of faith. Yeah, and like in my mind, it was like, <laughs> I don't know. In my mind, it was like simple. But in his mind, it was different. You know, to me, I I wasn't, I was walking through those things with him, but I wasn't experiencing those things personally. And so in my mind, I was like, you need to let that go. You know, you need to forgive. You need to move forward. You need to fight. You don't need to let this take you down. And, um, And he just, he just wasn't there. Yeah, how bad did it get? it got it got to the point where um 
he was, he doesn't, I don't know if he knows this, but he was researching for a divorce lawyer, or talking to a divorce lawyer. And um, that, to me, got my attention when I saw that. Um, he doesn't know I was looking. See, I knew something wasn't, it was rough. It was rough. We were fighting. We weren't intimate. We weren't, um, I could tell he just didn't want to be around us, you know. And so I just started snooping in his iPad and just like, what is going on? Is he having an affair? You know, something. And I saw where he was speaking with um, an attorney about a divorcing. And I, it really upset me because I was like, what is I knew it was bad. I just, I didn't know what I had done wrong. I thought I did something wrong. So you start to internalize it. Right. Take personal responsibility. Of yeah. course, we know he was walking through his own crises. Right. I mean, how does this all impacting you spiritually, emotionally? Well, I was, I, I felt like there was no hope. And I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be divorced. Um, and because I, I felt like, oh, that's failure. You know, here we are, two Christians who um, we got married in our church and we felt like we were doing things right. And then all of a sudden divorce is on the table. So um, at that time I was in your wife's small group, Amy DeFazio. And then I, I really kept a lot of this stuff in. So it was around um, beginning of 2018 and I just shared with them what was going on and that we needed to pray for John and, um, and then I talked to a really good friend of mine who's the reason why I'm saved. And I asked, and I told her what was going on, and I said, I just don't have any hope. I said, I'm scared because I don't want to be divorced. I don't want to lose him. Um, and she told me to face my fears. She was like, you need to face that. She's like, what will that look like to you? And I said, failure. And she's like, but what are you still going to, what are you going to do if, your marriage ends in divorce. And I said, well, I'm still going to serve God. I wasn't going to go anywhere, like, with my relationship with the Lord because I felt like even though I was struggling internally and I would cry a lot and I didn't feel like I could pray all the time. So, like, she would pray for me and encourage me. I know Amy prayed for me a lot. And um, because when you're in that season – it's like you're weak, you're tired. And I felt like all my prayers that I was praying weren't being heard. And I felt like um, it was getting worse. And um, <clears throat> I wanted to give up, but I didn't want to give up. Does that make sense? Yeah. You, you know, you said you were feeling hopeless yeah. and alone. But now you've invited friends yeah. into the conversation. How long between the time where John started to spiral and the time that you actually opened up to your friends was well, it? I think that was four years from probably the time he started oh. spiraling, because it, it happened in 2013. But he was still, you know, he was still present. He was still doing really good. And at one point, um, I remember it was like I just watched his demeanor in church, and we were just—I was just putting that mask on, coming to church, trying to make everything look all right. You know, I didn't want anybody to think anything was wrong. And I remember leaving church one day. I wonder if that was right. Yeah, it was early 2018, late 2017, I think it was. 
And I looked at him and I said, you don't have to come anymore. And I, and I said, why are you coming? And he said, I'm coming because you want me to come. And I said, are you getting anything? And he said, no. He was just filling a spot. He was on his phone. He wasn't really, nothing was coming through to his heart or his head. And so I was like trying to control the narrative, you know, like, oh, we're this happy family. But really inside, he was dying. I was dying. And um, I was scared to share anything because I didn't want him to look bad. And so um, when I told him that and I released him, I felt it was scary because I was like, is he going to stop coming now that I did that? You know, that I, that I told him that. And he did. Yeah. So, and that really devastated me too because I wanted our family to be, you know, in church. Mm-hmm. And then I started wondering, God, is this really the guy you, you wanted me to have, you know, for my life? Because I didn't want, I didn't want to, um, that's not what my life was supposed to look like. I was, we were supposed to be married. We were supposed to be serving in the church, um, raising our children in the church. We we're supposed to be victorious, you know? Mm-hmm. And here we were, my husband didn't want to even be in the church anymore. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize that it, it wasn't me. It was what he was dealing with. And I, it wasn't so much the church. I didn't want to right, be around right. anybody. I mean, I had got to where I was totally withdrawn, where yeah. I really did not want to be around anybody. Well, he, you even said you're doubting your, like, am I really saved? You know, I think you went through oh, that. Oh, well, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. and I talked about that in my testimony. I mean, yeah. I got to the point where I, I even doubted that God was real. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was in a, the lowest spot of my life. Yeah. For sure. So... You guys go from flourishing, mm-hmm. uh, learning and growing, to now experiencing the most profound, you know, crises in your life yeah. that obviously impacts the entire family. Yeah, um, you're wrestling. You're both fighting through the darkness and the discouragement, and you're now carrying a weight that mm-hmm. you never thought you would carry as a married woman. Right. Um, I mean, I imagine all of that probably probably felt almost insurmountable like mm-hmm. how are we ever going to see our, our way through this you're you're here now yeah. Yeah. what what changed what happened well i mean god began to to draw me yeah and he did it through people mm-hmm. um and I, I talked about that some in my testimony but um it my face started to, to get renewed like, um, you know, she was talking about her friend that is the reason she's saved. Her friend's also one of the reasons I'm sitting on this couch. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, when I got into that second accident and was laying in yeah. there in the hospital, I spoke to God for the first time in a long time. Yeah. And her friend texted me the next morning not knowing what I'd said to God, and it was an answer from God. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I I I specifically spoke to God and she answered, and and I I know she seeks the Lord and I knew that was God saying I'm here yeah. and I love you, yeah. you know and and that that renewed my faith 
Yeah. You know, and there was there was several other people, Curtis Gillum, mm-hmm. um, you, uh, this that God began to insert in in my life, and I knew it was God drawing me back in, and I, I knew that He loved me, and then I I started to have hope again. Yeah. You know, and it, it was a process. I, I was still fighting for, you know, probably another year or so I was still struggling with the anxiety, but I I had hope again. And then in, in 2020, God healed me completely of my anxiety and I I felt like a new man and things began to really change then. Like, like in a, it's like it was, I don't know, just a rapid change. Well, what's funny about 2020 is we launched OS, or we were launching OS, and then COVID hit, and then we were isolated in our homes for a while, and then we got to start meeting again, and um, uh, you had said you would like all the leaders at the time to go to the conference, the uh, encounter. The Freedom Conference. Freedom Conference. And so um, I was like, I've been there a bunch of times. I don't really need to go to another one. But um, I was going to be obedient. And I said, I'm going to go, you know. And so after each session, I was like really searching my heart. Like, is there anything here I need to lay down, you know. And I got, we got to an unforgiveness um, session. And I can't remember who was speaking. Maybe it was Miss Dorothy. And um, they were talking about unforgiveness. And then somebody started saying, well, maybe your husband isn't leading spiritually or something in the right way or something like that. And it hit me. I was like, I have unforgiveness against my husband because he was supposed he made a vow and he was supposed to be our spiritual covering. And even though God was had drawn him back, he still wasn't that spiritual covering. I mean, he, he was coming back. Like, he was doing, I could see him really seeking God, but he wasn't, he didn't really take that spot. Wow, so, so you have some unforgiveness from yeah, all of I the didn't pain even realize. you just walked through. Right. Which is totally realistic. Right. It's, it, that would be natural to struggle with. John, how do you now enter back into, you know, more intimacy Maybe maybe take some more responsibility in your in your marriage when for so long you hadn't been. What did that look like for you? Well, I mean, I I did uh, ask for forgiveness because yeah. I knew I knew I wasn't the spiritual leader I needed to be. You know, I was a provider. Oh, I yeah. always I always provided for my family, and I was always there for my family. Like yeah. I would go, you know, I didn't miss the kids' games. I was still a dad and a husband, but I did not carry that spiritual mantle, and I knew it. And and I was, I was unable to though for a while. Like I, I mean, I was down, man. I mean, I got like I said, I got to the point where I even doubted God was real. But but then, you know, coming back, mm-hmm. it it was tough because I was like, man, I was not the the man I needed to be spiritually, you know, and so I I just had to own it and. I knew, you know, it was just something I had to walk through because, you know, it was five or six years. And so, you know, my family's gun shy, I guess you'd say, Mm -hmm. you know, am I, and 
I mean, in a sense, I was a little scared. Yeah. It's like, it, am I going to be all right? You know what I mean? Yeah, it was like when we when I started seeing the change in him, I was I felt like I was walking around on eggshells. Like, is this gonna stick? You know, is this real? Um, I wondered like, is something else gonna happen and it's gonna set him back? You know, I was scared for a while because, um, of course, life happens, things happen, and um, and so I was. <laughs> I was very nervous. And by the way, quite a few things have happened, <laughs> like major, <laughs> yes. major things that could derail me. And, yeah. and I've just. I was like, OK, cling, cling to God yeah. through it and cling to uh, people in the church, yeah. you know, to help guide me through it as well. And I think that's one of the worst things we can do is try to fight on our own. Yeah. I mean, we need each other, yeah. all right, because that's, I, I feel like that's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants to isolate us, and that's what that's what got me before. Mm-hmm. He isolated me and did not reach out to people. I tried to fight on my own, and, and things just kept compounding on top of each other, and eventually I just got tired. Yeah. And, and sometimes you need people to hold your hands up for yeah. you. Yeah. You know, you get tired, and, and now I'm, I'm very quick, you know, to call you or call Curtis, you know, you, you two guys, uh, you know, y- y'all are a, a foundation in my life, you know, as spiritual leaders, you know, you know, I'm quick to go to God, but I also need, yeah. I need a friend to talk to too. Yeah. We all do. And yeah. We need each other. And you know, Chantel, you're, you're the part of your experience also was walking through isolated, putting mm-hmm. on a mask, right. And realizing <coughs> I got to take that mask off and yeah. I gotta invite friends into this fight. Yeah. So, they can lift my arms. Yeah. And so both of you uh, have, have learned that really incredibly important lesson mm-hmm. about fighting well uh, through hard spaces in our lives. We need people. Right. Yeah. I mean, just the just being transparent. And I think I think sometimes I've become too transparent at times. I'm like, <laughs> I need it all back. But um, but I'm me. I'm real. Uh, I'm sick of hiding and being scared. And um, the I, you know, it's funny is one day we were leaving church and I just sat and I was sitting there. He's driving. He doesn't like my driving. So, (laughs) and I said, oh my God, I can breathe. I felt like I could not breathe for five or six years. You do know um, the fight or flight, it comes in and um, I was able to process through a lot of stuff. I was able to cry I was able to um breathe I was able to just sit back and go whoa yeah. you know and he he's just he took his place <laughs> he, he just stepped right back into that spiritual um lead but um just knowing that I can be under his covering yeah. and just it's fine in the way it was supposed to be um and so now I'm not nervous when things arise because he's the first one to usually just say, we're, we're going to trust God through this or, you know, so I don't have to say anything anymore. <laughs> well, let me ask you guys, you've, you've got what sounds like, you know, kind of three phases in mm-hmm. your journey of marriage. Um, let's, let's look at the, what was the hardest one, the darker days. Yeah. How would you encourage people 
that are watching right now in the auditorium, maybe they're watching on social media later, but how would you encourage them to fight through those dark days? Um, well, the biggest thing is don't feel like you can do it on your own. Yeah. Don't feel like you're the only one it's happening to. Right. You know, all these are lies to isolate you. Um, you know, seek out help. Um, but when, when you do seek out help, though, make sure you're seeking out the right help because um, there's a lot of people that um, if you tell them too much of your business, <laughs> uh, it's not good. So um, there's one person we we always um, invited into our marriage, and she's like a mother to me, and she always stayed um, m- like middle, like what is it, Sweden or? Neutral. Neutral, yeah. <laughs> so she always stood very neutral. She always looked at the whole picture. She wasn't afraid to call me out when I was being weird or not thinking correctly. And um, and she always prayed for us. Mm-hmm. And she always was our biggest fan. Like, she's like, I'm always rooting for you guys to mm-hmm. To make it, you know. So when you guys didn't have hope to see that there might be a future, she mm. was able to speak that over you yeah. and and help you remember that there is yeah. hope. So so that's that's a great encouragement. We mm-hmm. need to fight with community and yeah. we need to know that there's a future yeah. to look forward to. Um, what about what about those who are maybe like more like in your early days and they're struggling knowing how to be married maybe they've even been married for 20 years but still feeling like yeah. it's brand new and don't know how to live together uh maybe even thriving in the church leading a yeah, ministry yeah. like you guys were but but wrestling what what is that how do you encourage them well i mean i still think you go to people yeah. and talk to people who have successful marriages and to say hey you know be honest right. don't be ashamed of your problems yeah like that feel like don't you gotta lay your pride down yeah. You can't be prideful and say, oh, I got I gotta I gotta I'm I'm saved, so I gotta have it all together. Yeah. No, you don't. You don't have to have it all together. You know what? Salvation, you you're gonna walk out your salvation. You're you're, you're it's not gonna be all roses. You know, you're gonna have problems. Life is tough. Yeah. And you cannot be ashamed of having problems. You gotta lay that pride down and say, Hey, I need help. Well, one thing I learned, um, even though I kept pointing fingers at him, I realized that I needed to stop doing that. And I needed to um, stop focusing on him and focus on myself. Like, what can you show me through this season? Like, Lord, I just prayed, like, God, do something to me. You know, change me. Because I feel like a lot of time marriages, even though one spouse may be in the wrong then you're always beating them down like you're wrong, you're wrong, but you can't do that. You really need to just start looking at yourself, looking yeah. on the inside. Yeah, I love that. Take the focus off of them and then put your focus on God. Yeah. You know, something I've learned as well, just in step with that, like if we would both just focus on ourselves yeah. and growing closer to God and, and being transformed, mm-hmm. then we wind up experiencing the benefit of that transformation in each other's lives instead of trying to change each other. Um, lastly, you're sitting here in victory today. Mm-hmm. You have victory, and, and it's visible, it's tangible, and it's an inspiration to so many people, to me and my wife. We're, we're inspired by you guys. But still, marriage is, is, is requires some fighting. Right. Yeah. 
you got to keep fighting. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, so how would you encourage those who are in a season of success to keep fighting? Well, I mean, keep feeding into your marriage. Yeah. Um, make priority for each other. That's something we've always did is is make time for each other. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of times when you have kids, people lose focus because um, they focus on nothing but the kids. They don't feed their marriage, and then their marriage slowly dies, and then the kids move out, and they're like, they their their relationship's dead. Yeah. I mean, we had four children, but we always made time for each other to feed our marriage. So I, I think that's one thing I would recommend yeah. to people. Always make time for your spouse. I mean, even if it's a little time each week, it's still time that you're feeding your relationship. Yeah. yeah. And another thing, um, you know, we don't, we're not, well, we do this, but we don't like, well, we're going to pray together. But we do pray for each other. Um, and we do like, we do worship together. Um, we'll play worship music in the car and, so um, we seek God. That's where, as long as you continue to seek God for your marriage, I feel like your marriage will, you know, you're going to go through stuff, but now I feel like we're fighting together and we're not fighting against each other, you know? <laughs> yeah. We're like a team. We're like, we're ready. It's actually much better when you're yeah. <laughs> fighting hand in hand, you know? Can't believe we wasted all that time uh, fighting against each other. <laughs> it's like, we're walking through this thing together. Yeah. We got each other's hands. We're like, we're going to get through this as a team yeah. and not, because it's, it's hard and it's lonely when you're doing it by yourself. Yeah. You know, we're part of a, a faith community. Mm -hmm. We're a church. And so we want to help people know God, grow in Christ mm -hmm. and go in the power of the Holy Spirit until Jesus returns. And, when I think about all the marriages that I've seen that have been most successful, um, it's those who have been intentional around cultivating right. spiritual uh, a spiritual bond between themselves and their God. Yeah. Um, you know, Christ is our anchor. He's our cornerstone. And, uh, and it's not just true for our salvation. It's true for our relationships. It's true for our marriages. And so uh, you guys are walking that out, and uh, you're a living testimony. And it's, it's yeah. powerful, and it's pure, and it's special. And we're just honored. Uh, to do life with you. We're honored to be part of your story. Um, we're thankful that your testimony uh, is, I believe, maybe even right now in this moment as people listen, uh, breaking chains and inspiring people to think differently about their marriage. Um, so thank you from the bottom of my heart and on behalf of everybody well, watching Well, I wanted to say something real yeah. quick. I'm sorry. Um, I realized looking back now, right before, like when it got really bad, if I would have given up, I would have missed out on this, mm. on the sweetness. I love it. And I feel like a lot of people give up too soon. Yeah. So just. So how's that for a closing thought? <laughs> Don't give up. We love you guys. Enjoy the rest of the service. We love you, and we're so thankful for your testimony. I am built up. I'm encouraged by you. I know so many people in this room and all across the church in all four locations, and who knows where God will use this testimony uh, to impact people's lives, to inspire them, and, and hopefully bring transformation in their marriages. I want to just tell you just how much we appreciate your authenticity. 
uh, your transparency. Some, you know, sometimes, like John said, we, we're prideful, so we don't want to share the pain that we're walking through. But uh, just look how sometimes sharing what pain we've walked through uh, can do for others. And uh, so just thank you again for bearing your souls, uh, for God's glory, and for the building up of the church. I wanted to point back to just a couple things I don't want to preach right now because really they just, they just preached it, didn't they? Um, but I, I want to highlight just a couple things. You know, Chantel said uh, that she asked God, hey, is, is this really who you intended for me to be with? I've asked that question before. A lot of people have asked that question. And we giggle because we, we know why we ask that question. Like, Lord. But at the end of the day, somewhere inside of us, like, we kind of mean it. We're like, is there a plan B? Is there another option? Can I get out of this somehow? <laughs> and, um, but, but Chantel, especially in that time, I know John before and, and now obviously have the same view, but in that time, Chantel held on to a covenantal view of marriage, which helped keep her. As a matter of fact, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31 says, A man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. She understood that truth. They were one. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And, and so we see that the marriage between a believer and another believer uh, is intended to reflect the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ into all creation. Chantel was convicted about that. She knew that. She believed that. She held fast to that. Now, John was struggling to love his wife, as the scripture instructed. Um, you know, the scripture says, love your wife as you love yourself. See, John was struggling to even believe that God loved him. How, and, then, and then even to love God back. And then to even love himself. An image bearer, someone who's created in the image of God. I'm not talking about loving himself in some selfish, narcissistic, arrogant way. I'm talking about loving whom God created. We're called to love ourselves. And, and if we can't even love God or love ourselves or receive the love of God, how are we going to offer any love to anyone else? John wrestled with that. He wrestled with his identity. As we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, and Chantel, even while feeling unloved, this is the beautiful thing, she loved and respected her husband anyway. And sometimes it feels one-sided, even for a season. It can feel one-sided. Five, six years, it was one-sided. John was MIA. He was completely gone, and, and she loved and respected her husband. What a, mm, just a powerful testimony. Unfair, wasn't it? It was unfair. But you did it anyway. And and it's much easier when both parties are fighting to love and respect one another, but sometimes it's not that way. And so whether it's one or both, we've got to grow in our communication toward one another of love and respect. That's one point I want you to take away. The second point I want you to take away is that we've got to fight to live in community. You know, Chantel was fighting alone for many years. John fought alone for many years, but it wasn't until... They opened their lives up to people. Chantel finally took the mask off and opened her life up to a couple sisters. And 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 I, I'll just tell you, you know, you said Amy was praying for you. I know she was praying for you in group. You were having your hands laid on you because she'd come home and tell me what was happening. But we prayed, you know, and and we meant it and we believed for you. And so many other people were. And and a lot of times you think that 
that you're just bringing your prayers to your friends and they're not covering you, they're not praying for you, and, and we are. And, and a lot of times you think that God might not hear those prayers. Well, he does. And he answers them. And they're sitting here today is answer prayers. So we got to fight to live in community. we got to fight to walk in forgiveness. Chantel, you had to forgive John. And it took a revelation from God. It took putting yourself in a spiritual atmosphere with a heart to open, open heart to receive and hear from God. And he spoke and he says, you got to forgive your husband for missing it. He missed it. And you forgave him. And though it was hard, and though she had to release John, even in doing that, she found her own freedom. She found her own healing. But it also led to a testimony that was persuasive in John's life, I know. And so we've got to fight to walk in forgiveness. And John asked for forgiveness. And and his wife was already prepared there. Yes, baby, I forgive you. I've already forgiven you. We not only got to fight for to walk in forgiveness, but uh, we've got to fight to keep Christ at the center of our marriages. Chantel and John are no longer fighting against one another. They're fighting with one another, against the powers of the darkness. And Christ is their cornerstone. You've got to have Christ as the foundation of your marriage. If you're not coming together around Christ, you will not stand against the powers of the darkness. You will fall. And I'm not saying there's no one that's an unbeliever in this world that hasn't had a successful marriage. I'm just saying the, the, the prescription that God gives us for successful marriage in this world is that he be at the center of it all, not just first, the center, the middle, that all things revolve around him. And John and Chantel had to learn how to live that out, and they're living it out now, and there's power in their marriage now. There's anointing in their marriage. There's, there's an enduring testimony in their marriage, and they're going to make it. Amen.